Welcome to episode 11 of the Marshall Street Podcast, where two washed-up SU alumni cut into all things Syracuse sports. Before we get started, don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts, but but do it on Apple. Leave us a five-star question, follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MarshallSTPod44, like, share, retweet, and tell your friends that the podcast grow. I'm Jake, that's Keith. Keith, how are you doing today? How was your Christmas? Doing great. I had a, a really nice Christmas, got some good stuff that I'm implementing into the apartment now but yeah gonna be gonna be with the fam especially in a year like this but how about you you got that little piece of the dome didn't you i did i got um i got the piece of the dome roof framed and my parents also got me a piece of the court they used at home in 03 with the bracket on it that from the national championship so that was pretty cool i said i haven't hung it up yet and then um also this is from two christmases ago but my mom and i finally finished it we uh they got me a thousand-piece puzzle of the dome from the first time Duke played up there, and we put it in a frame, and it actually it looks pretty cool. We just got to actually hang it, but no, it was a good, it was a good time. It was nice to see everybody, socially distant, of course, but um, but yeah, now we're on to New Year's, and hopefully, twenty twenty one is better. Or be worse. <laughs> don't, don't don't say that. <laughs> Man, all hopefully right, some good times ahead. And I hope so. Hopefully we'll be able to get to the Dome for a game in, in, in the near future. But speaking of- <laughs> I, love how that's, I love how that's your thing. I was like, oh, I hope 2021 is a better year and all this that stuff. Would- your first thought was like, I, I really want to get to the Dome for a non-conference hoops game against Northeastern. <laughs> I would like to get – that would constitute it being a better year. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, all right. So, hell, we're a Patriots game. Those tickets are going to be cheap next year. Anyway, uh not nothing happening in Syracuse news. The basketball, the men's team is still in quarantine after close contact with uh, Buffalo players after we played them. No positive tests, as far as I know, from things that I read with the men's team. The women's team actually paused because of a te- positive test with our program. So the Morgan State game got canceled and the Carolina game got postponed. They stayed at number 22 in the AP poll. That's really the only Syracuse news um, from the last week, but... There's New York State news where the quarantine period, which is kind of what Bayheim has been lobbying for to be shortened, got shortened from 14 to 10. So as long as no one's showing symptoms, they can leave quarantine after 10 days. There's no test out after after a week, which is, I think, happens in some of the other states in the ACC. Change is immediate. So the guys, I think, by my math, can leave quarantine tomorrow. But the Carolina game's not going to happen on the second, which would you want to play Carolina with no day's practice? No. When you say that, just to clarify, because you're more in the weeds on this stuff, would the January 1st end date, would that be a 14-day or would that be the 10? That's the 10. Because I think before okay. that, I think before then it was supposed to be like the 3rd or the 4th they couldn't get out would be the day they get out. So it's just it's a couple extra days of practice before they play Florida State. And I, I think the 10 days is more reasonable, especially with it being like it wasn't a positive test in our program. It was somebody else, and I don't know. I'm all for the safety, but I think it's a good call, and I think Beheim's going to be happy about that because he's been lobbying for that since the season started, before the season yeah, started. No. Um, but that's really it. Syracuse-wise, there's nothing happening. No Olympic sports, no nothing. So we kind of had to get creative. We left it up to you guys. We did a poll where we kind of left out a few choices for us to do for this podcast because we weren't totally sure what we wanted to talk about, but we did know we wanted to do one. So we had the winner was 
we're going to talk about who's Jim Beheim's replacement going to be that had 33% of the vote. So we have a list, each of us, with five legit candidates we actually could think could take the job whenever Beheim retires, and five kind of dream, probably never going to happen candidates, but that could just be a fun conversation. Yeah, and let me preface this to all the listeners out there, because we'll probably throw out like 30 different names today. We do not think all these people are like legit contenders no. because I could easily see like someone replying to like one of our clip tweets and being like, Oh, you really think this, this and that it's definitely going to stay with an assistant. And we think that's probably the case. I think we both agree that someone with Syracuse ties will get the job. Yeah. Um, but this is a fun exercise and meant to just be uh, a thing where we just blow off steam and, and kind of chat it up. So don't feel like everything we suggest is like, we don't think take it's it. a very real possibility and that we don't know anything about cues because we're <laughs> Yeah, don't take it like too seriously. I, I mean, my top four all have Syracuse connections anyway. The fifth one's the one that doesn't for my like realistic category, realistic possible options. So just take and it. And I will say before we get going too, there were a few, I don't know if this was the case with you, towards the back end of my legit candidates and towards the front end of my dream candidates there was a little bit of overlap like i was i was deciding which one to put certain yeah. guys in because i feel like none of them are very realistic but there's a slight chance for some yeah them. that's fair like I, my fifth spot was the hardest one to kind of figure out because for the, I believe, for the legit candidates yeah because i yeah because i feel like the four i put above them actually have a shot and it was trying to find the balance of like someone who's not connected with the program who could actually possibly get hired and like it wouldn't be like poaching John Calipari or something like that. So it's, it's trying to find the middle ground there. Um, Maybe this will be easier than we would have said last year to poach John Calipari after big blue nation is they are, they are, it's been a rough year for blue blood head coaches. We were talking about this yesterday. Uh, Roy, where Williams struck getting some of the fans to turn on him after Carolina lost to Georgia tech last night Coach K has taken some heat, and then oh, whatever's happening happening in Lexington right now. <laughs> Bill Bill Self is sitting in his office with his hands behind his head, with his feet kicked up on his desk right now. <laughs> well, he's he might not win the Big Twelve this year either. So yeah, but they're still ranked in the top five, and Kansas fans have nothing right. to complain about. <laughs> right, yeah, yeah. they're out of all those coaches this year. You would want to be Bill Self, yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so, Keith, you, you want to kick it off, or you want me to to start this thing? I'm going to have you kick it off. So what we're going to do, we're going to go five to one. Keith's going to give his fifth. I'll give my fifth and so on and so forth. And we will discuss. So Keith, let's hear number five. Okay, so this was the one that I was saying, is this a dream candidate or is this a realistic candidate? I don't think it's very likely, but this would be something. My fifth is Troy Weaver, the general manager of the Detroit Pistons. He was a Syracuse assistant from 2000 to 2004, famously recruited Carmelo to SU, told Jim Beheim, you got to come here. You got to see this kid. Beheim even said in the rewatch of the 03 championship game that Weaver was on that he said, if Troy Weaver would have stayed, we would have landed Kevin Durant because he was that good of a recruiter. So he, he started out at Pitt for 96 to 99 and then spent a season or two at New Mexico as an assistant. And then Q's, to, oh, Q's from 2000 to 2004. And then jumped to the NBA, was the head scout for the Jazz, assistant GM for the Thunder, and now the new GM of the Pistons is already doing a, a really good job 
I don't think he will ever be back in coaching probably uh, if, if all goes well with the Pistons, let alone college coaching. Mm-hmm. But man, would that be a fun one? The amount of talent we would, we would get through central New York would be very exciting. That's a good one recruiting wise. I do remember you saying, I do remember watching that 03 rewatch when it happened that Beheim did say if he'd stayed, we would have landed Durant. That's a good one. Honestly, I didn't even think to look in the NBA ranks because I was more focused on like guys who are still in college who have like either upstate New York or Syracuse connections. But that's a good one. I didn't think about that. I like that one. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, not too likely, but it would be fun for sure. It's plausible. Who's your five? So my five, uh, he's been in the news recently. He, this is my one with who does not have any Syracuse connections, but he does have some upstate New York connections. He has been in the news for uh, talking about one of our said blue blood coaches after he said they need to reevaluate the season. You know him. You love him. He's the Alabama head coach, Mr. Nate Oates. Uh, the reason I put Nate Oates on the list is because he had tremendous success in his four years at Buffalo. So he knows upstate New York. He can clearly recruit guys to upstate New York. Like he got CJ Massenberger, Jeremy Harris, Javon Graves, and that really, really good Buffalo team that came in and beat us. Uh, They made the tournament three out of four years, won the MAC three three times. They beat Arizona, who by 30 in the first round. Then they were 32 and four, ranked 15th in the final AP poll. They were 60 in the tournament. They beat us again by 12 in the Carrier Dome. The, I know he stirred up a little bit of controversy saying when he said after that game, oh, the better team won, blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, people were upset about that, but I feel like that's kind of what you want in a coach, a guy who yeah, is rider. If you were, if you were a, the coach of a really good Syracuse team, like let's say the the CJ Fair senior year team, and you just beat Duke and Cameron and you felt like you were the better team, you would want your coach to say yeah. that too. Yeah, absolutely. It was just—it's just because he beat us, and like Buffalo was kind of better than us that year, to be fair. So they were. yeah, they, they, were they were a really good team. And then he—he he jumped to Alabama last year. Um, the team was sixteen and fifteen, but Bama led the SEC in points per game, three-point field goal percentage, and threes made per game, among some other offensive categories. They were third in threes per game in the country, and sixth in total threes made, fourth three-point attempts, fourth in raw tempo, and average possess an average possession length. So he's clearly an offensive coach, and his teams can score. And I think with the way Syracuse, especially looking at the team this year, is that when they play fast, they can score. I think he would be perfect for a Syracuse job. He's closing in on, like, he's right around 120 wins. He's 118 and 61. He's got almost a 65% win percentage. So I think he'd be a contender as the fifth spot. But the issue... There is the headbutting he's had with Bayheim in the last three or four years with the yeah, comments after he said what some young coach said this. Yeah, again. yeah. <laughs> didn't, after, didn't even say the name. Yeah. Yeah. So and Bayheim will. Think, have, though that's that's my hangup with Oates. Like he made my list of guys we would have had on our list last year, but we probably wouldn't have on our list today. And I'm not yeah. too surprised you had him on there. Um, it was him and Greg Marshall for different reasons <laughs> that, oh, that, we, yeah. that we may have considered. Um, but the thing with Oates, I think he would have been one of the guys you consider outside of the tree, if not for what happened. Even a couple weeks back, I would have said this. But yeah. after Beheim called him out like that, you have to think that Beheim is going to have such a large decision, uh, such a large uh, impact on that decision that I just can't see it happening, at least without one coach in between. 
Right. And I, I unless like we don't know how long it's gonna be until Bayham retires. It could be enough time for Bayham kind of lets it go. So you never know. But I, I do think that realistically, if he was offered to leave Alabama and come coach at like let's call it, I'm gonna just call it like a basketball school, I think he'd kind of jump at the opportunity because I know Alabama's clearly a football school. I don't know this, but how many people actually pay attention to Alabama basketball? And he's been I, able to recruit pretty well there. Yeah, and I feel like he'd have an easier time maybe recruiting to Syracuse because of the basketball kind of history. So he's a good coach. Well, yeah, Yeah. I think I'm totally with you. I think he's a really good candidate. I just don't see it happening due to his personal feud with Beheim. And that's that's literally the only reason I couldn't see it right now. Otherwise, he'd be definitely a a consideration. No, that's fair. But he kind of seemed like, even with that, the most logical – non-Syracuse connection guy to put on that list, if that makes sense, over like over anybody else that I could think of. Yeah. Yeah, and I have one that was I, I was considering, we'll get to later on my dream candidates, that I think may be a fit, but it's still mm-hmm. a stretch. Um, but in the meantime, I'll give you not my number four. All right. Oh, wait, wait, before you do. So from yeah. here on out, are, they, are, are all your guys Syracuse connected? Somewhat, yep. Okay. I was just curious. I was going to say, like, I think – both of us think that they're going to keep it in the family somehow before we, as we move forward. So I, I would agree with that. And this is the last one I don't think has a shot. Okay. But, uh, you know, him, you probably don't love him. The guy you waited to see how long his name would appear in this pod. It is slick Rick himself. Rick. Wow. I, okay. So I don't think he fits in the dream category, right? Cause he's, he's older. He, he won't really build the program. I don't think he would take the ACC by storm or anything like that. But the guy, say what you want about him. He was definitely in the wrong, the way he left Louisville. But it's pretty undebatable that he was really the only college basketball coach that took a huge fall for any wrongdoing. Would you agree with that? Yeah. You look at Sean Miller. You look at Will Wade. Well, no, it's a... It's okay now. Arizona has a postseason man for this year. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, right. But the way he went out, he 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 felt victimized for good reason or not. He was the first assistant hired by Beheim in 1976 when Beheim became the coach of Syracuse. He famously made him skip his honeymoon to go recruit. And you get the sense that he wants to be back at a power school. He's not at Iona to stay and, and ride out his career. He wants to be back at a basketball school. Or someone he can tur- somewhere he can turn into a, a basketball yeah. school again. Um, we always throw out the names like Providence if, if Ed Cooley wasn't doing well, or like BC. BC. Um, and, and you know how loyal Beheim is. I just I don't think it'll happen, especially just with the baggage that comes with him. But I do you think it's crazy to say that Beheim would rather have Rick Pitino than a Nate Oates? No, and I put him – I don't have Patino on either of my lists, but I did write him down as, like, a wild card, funny enough. Uh, I don't – I would not want Rick Pitino as the next Syracuse coach because of all the baggage that comes with him, and I think that's Same a here, fair – by the way. Same yeah, here. and I think that's a fair take. But for the reasons you brought up, he was one of Bayham's first assistants before he went to coach at BU. They're still pretty close friends from things that I've read, and, like, I think Bayham said some, like, things after he – uh, stepped down from Louisville or was fired. I forget what actually happened. 
They but both probably hate the NCAA, to be quite honest with you. <laughs> there, there is with like with all those factors taken in, there is a reality where I see him being a legit candidate. I would not want it. I think it gives us all kinds of headaches that we don't need to deal with. I think there are better candidates than him out there. But if he's still at and I, if, if Beheim retires in two years and he's still at Iona and he's not at like. Like we, I think, like an eight seed or a nine seed in the tournament for a couple years, or even just like yeah. in in the tournament. Like I, I think, and he's not like at a BC trying to turn the program. I, I, there is a scenario where I can see that happening, but yeah, there there is a scenario. I, I don't think it's. I don't want it to happen because I don't want the baggage, and I just don't want to deal with Rick Pitino as our head coach, but. Yeah, I, I can't. There is a world where I see Ripatino being hired. The um, how old is he? That's a good question because you're talking with Beheim. How many years before he he steps down? Even I googled um, Ripatino. The first thing that popped up was Ripatino Syracuse sixty-eight. Really? <laughs> yeah, the first suggestion was Ripatino Syracuse. I'm like, good, good. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Rick is sixty-eight, but I again could. Couldn't tab him as the top candidate or anything like that, but I do think there's a slight chance that he would be considered if all the factors lined up. I would agree. I would agree that if if the stars align, he would be considered. I would not want it, but I, I agree. I think that's extremely possible. All right, who you got it for? So, number four, I kept it with this current staff at Syracuse. Uh, former player, 97-01. Won 98 games during his time, 73% win percentage. Uh, you know him, you love him. Alan Griffin, not the one who had the chase down block against Buffalo, the assistant coach. Uh, well, he was he's been he was director at S, of SU basketball ops during the national championship year of, in 03. 15 years in, as an assistant coach with St. Francis, PC, St. Francis again, Hofstra, Dayton with Archie Miller, and then coming to Syracuse. Remember this year he did have interest um from IU to go back with Archie Miller to be his top I believe it was his associate head coach I think so too uh but he decided to say at Syracuse stating Syracuse is my home this is where I played and where I started the relationships that I've developed here through the years have been very important to me which is like oh okay making connections I see but he's clearly valued from Syracuse in the Syracuse family and he's from New York and I think the fact that he's on staff he's coached for as long as he has and he has the basketball experience, I think he is a legit candidate. The biggest, the reason I have him at four is because I wasn't totally sure how big of a role he plays in recruiting with the current staff. So that's why I kept him at four. Yeah, that does say a lot that he was going to be number two at a school like Indiana, but he chose to be number four at SU. <laughs> and when you look at it, his, I wouldn't say his, resume is more high powered but it's longer it's it's more years than even Autry or or uh GMAC so I I left him off my list to be honest with you because I it'd be tough to see that shaking out where the fourth assistant not the fourth assistant but like the fourth in line for SU that that even you had him fourth that he would get the job. I feel like if it got to that point, they'd probably go outside higher. And that's not a knock on Griffin. That's just the way things stand, in my opinion. No, and that's fair. And I, I honestly consider putting Nate Oates at four ahead of him. But just, I think, knowing, thinking about the, I was think, trying to put myself in the mindset of Syracuse doing this search. And 
I just I just think they're gonna keep it some they're gonna keep it in the Syracuse. I keep we keep saying this, we keep saying it, the Syracuse family. And if they're looking for someone who has coaching experience, he's been a coach for 15 years. He just hasn't been the head coach. And I think that's gonna be the biggest hang up. That's why I have him at four. Yeah, in the recruiting you mentioned, that's a good point as well. And speaking of a guy who gets on Syracuse fans' nerves sometimes with recruiting, for better or worse, it is GMAC, the Syracuse legend. There's some, like, message board chatter about how GMAC can't recruit, and I just don't buy it. Like, the guy locked up Dior before the whole saga happened. Um, he, I think he can recruit. I really do. And who knows? Like, this list would have been so different two years ago. Maybe in two years from now, he's number one on our list. Like, I think that that may be, like, the best-case scenario is GMAC soars so high that you're like, okay, this is the young coach we got, and he's a rising star in the industry, and this is who we want to keep in-house. But I think right now you have him at three just because I, I feel like there's two other guys internally that have more experience and kind of higher in the ranks right now. But if you're looking for a young star who you want to be the next Beheim, quote unquote, no one's ever going to be Beheim, but to stay a long time and to continue the the ways of this program, I think GMAC may be the best choice in that case. So you you have GMAC at three. I do. Okay. Third most likely as of 2020. All right. So I don't have him at three. I actually have him at two. So let's my third place. I don't even know if you have him on my on the top five, but there is a scenario where I see him getting very serious consideration, even though his tenure at Washington hasn't been great the last couple of years. I have Mike Hopkins at number three. You know him, you love him. Uh, played at Syracuse for four years. Coach with Bayheim starting in '95. He worked with guys like Johnny Jason Hart, uh, Johnny Flynn, G Mac. He rack Fab Mello. He became the main recruiting guy in 2000, and he was very good at it here. So we know he can recruit. And then he was also named coach in waiting in 2015, right before we started. So that shows to me that he's valued by Bayheim as like kind of a high-rated coach. Uh, he coached the nine ACC games when he was Bayheim was suspended our freshman year. Went four and five. Uh, was in Washington's head coach in 2017 and for 22 years with Syracuse. He ha- did win Pac-12 Coach of the Year twice, taking UW to the tournament um, for the first time since 2011. He's gotten two McDonald's All-Americans to Washington, but the issue is the last two years well, UW has stru- struggled. 1920, so last season that got canceled. Uh, they had a nine-game Pac-12 losing streak and finished 15 and 17. But looking at their schedule, they had 10 losses by six points or less. So it's not like they were getting blown out and like they weren't total garbage during with two first round picks on the roster. Yeah, maybe it was just a case of they were inexperienced, just didn't gel or they lost the point guard Quade Green one time Syracuse recruit. Right. So there are a lot of that hurt him last year, but he's been back this year and it hasn't hasn't helped much. So yeah, that's what I was about to say. They're one in six. Their one wins over Seattle. They lost to Baylor, UC Riverside, Utah, Oregon, Montana, and Colorado. So a couple really bad losses. They play Arizona tonight as we're recording this. Keep in mind, though, he did win the Pac-12 in his first two seasons, right? Right. He won Coach of the Year twice. Yeah. So – And let me ask you this. 
if this season had been canceled due to COVID, where would you put Hop on this list? If if you throw out the one and six this year, I probably would keep him right where I have him. Okay. Honestly, oh, he's so let's, three. let's talk about Hop then, because I have Hop as my number one. Really? Okay. Because I think about it this way: Hop was named coach in waiting, as you mentioned. Beheim, due to the NCA stuff, ends up staying on. Uh, due, due to the NCAA stuff, Hopkins was named coach in waiting, and then he ends up staying on once Hopkins leaves for Washington. Right. Is Mike Hopkins a worse choice now than he was then? Because it's the same guy that was your top recruiter that brought all this talent to Syracuse, who went to another school and won Power 5 Conference Coach of the Year with two titles in a school that had not been there before. And I'll give it to you. He struggled in the past two seasons. And even last year with two first-round picks, he did something that Beheim has never done in over four years, and that's have a losing season. So I do get the pause for concern. But would you feel more confident if Hop was just the top assistant and had never left? Because if so, I think it's a little unfair to say that when he has left for a Power 5 job and has been up and down. But he's the same assistant he was then. He just has power five coaching experience. So that's why I keep him at number one. I think it's I think the reason I have him at three is just because the last last year and the start of this year have kind of given me pause, be like, uh, wait a minute. But again, this year, like the same we were talking with football when we were talking about Dino. Y- y- this year I think it's thrown out anyway. I know Washington fans might not want to hear that because I think from like stuff we've seen on Twitter and their message boards, they want him gone. But you don't just win two-time Pac-12 Coach of the Year by accident. Like I, I do Washington too. No disrespect to Washington and, and what Romar did before him, but the level of talent and the level of results in his first years were something Washington hadn't seen in such a long time. In almost a decade. Yeah. So the also the reason I put him at three is because I don't know what his contract situation is. I don't know what kind of buyout he has. So that stuff kind of might complicate it. If he stays at Washington and we want to hire him, there's the whole convoluted, that financial issue that I didn't want to really Let me ask you this too. When you have him at three, do you, do you have that as a combination or is it third most likely or the one you would want the third most out of the realistic candidates, which, which metric do you use there? Um, it's a little of both. I, I kind of lean toward more likely, I think, because I would probably still want Hop as a coach because I know he can recruit to Syracuse and he's proved it in some of the best years the program's ever had. It's just, it just, it's just the likely thing to me is he's at he has a Power Five job and I don't, I don't know, I I don't really see Washington moving on from him. This year, I think he's got next year for sure. Oh, and if yeah, next, sure. and if if you, if UW turns it around and makes the play, a playoff, Jesus Christ, makes the tournament in twenty twenty two, I he's not going to get fired anytime soon. And if Beheim retires after the twenty twenty two season, is he going to leave Washington? So that's the yeah. that's the, that's the main thing. Timing, I would agree. Yeah. So I guess the way I ranked it is like out of all the likely candidates, I would have Hop. As my number one choice, I also think he may be the most likely. Um, I think another name is is more in line with that that we'll get to in a minute. But 
is do you last thing here do you think there's a situation where hops struggles have helped his chances at becoming the next su coach because what if he wins four straight pac-12 titles and just absolutely crushes it you think washington is ever going to let him leave no and i i think that's a fair point because if Maybe if Syracuse offers him UW and they could, UW continues to struggle, they kind of like let him go or they fire him, and Syracuse is kind of like his second chance. So I, I do think that's a fair that's a that's plausible. I, I do think that, and I do want to say this: if if it does come and like my say say Washington fires Mike Hopkins and then Syracuse Bayheim retires and he's our next head coach, I don't. I think people would kind of be upset because they're going to look at the two years or possibly three, including next year of him struggling at Washington. But you got to take with a grain of salt because he did win the two Pac-12 players, Pac-12 coach of the years. He won the Pac-12 championship twice, got into the NCAA tournament. So he's proven he can do that. He's just had his struggles. And even looking at last year, I throw this year out, looking at last year, they had 10, what did I say? 10 games? Um, yeah, 10 games decided by six or less. So they were in all those games. Like, you flip five of those, and they're a bubble team that's probably making the NCAA tournament anyway. So it's yeah. just... I, I would agree with that. And I think it's less likely that he gets fired just the way Washington basketball was before him and is now. Uh, I know he has a great relationship with the AD. He mentioned that on Devo's pod that she was the big reason why he went to Washington because of that working relationship. And I mm -hmm. think if he ever were to come back, it would be the same case with wild hack. So I think it'd be more of a case where he's kind of successful enough to keep things afloat, but they're not a consistent ranked team or anything like that. Like maybe they're a bubble team and then he just sees more potential to take it to the next level with SU I think that's the that's the perfect story. The pack SU fans would still be happy because they know the limitations of a Washington and they know the lack of limitations at a Syracuse. And Washington fans would be, you know, he wouldn't be fired at Washington. He would still be afloat. I think that is kind of where it would work out for both parties. He also uh, let's be let's be honest. The Pac-12 is probably the fifth Power Five conference, like in terms of best teams. So if he can recruit like that to Washington in the Pac-12, if he comes here and says, hey, you're going to play in the ACC, play in front of 35,000 people, play Duke twice a year, play Carolina twice a year, I think he'd have a, I think he'd have an easier time getting these big recruits. And, and you look at Isaiah Stewart, uh, first-round pick this year in the, in the NBA draft, was a one-and-done, a center, the likes of which Syracuse has not seen since Rack. Um, took him right out of SU's backyard from Rochester all the way to Seattle with him, so... The recruiting is is one thing that I do not question at all with Hop. It's just it's the co the coaching in general, in game stuff, the exercise, yeah, minutes allocation, that those types of things. And I think that's fair. But I also he, think those are smaller concerns in my opinion because I obviously have them at number one on my list. I'm just saying recruiting would be at the very least of those. No, and I agree with that. And I think Beheim would he when he retires, he's going to be like the quote unquote special advisor, uh, position that. All these big, like I know Jim Calhoun was that for UConn after he retired, so he'll be around. And I assume if Hop has like questions or issues, he will ask, and he'll he'll be a resource for him. So I do think if Hopkins comes, I think it'll be, it won't be like 
the sky is falling. We hired an under 500 Pac-12 coach because, like, I don't want to make the I, and people are going to hate. I don't think make, Pop would even be under 500 though. Is the thing I think he I have confidence he'll turn it around. I, I hope he does. I hope he does. Um, and then there's also, but to me, the reason I have him at three is the biggest issue is will would Washington let him leave? Because realistically, I could see Syracuse be, having him as his number one as their number one, but if Washington like brings it back to where they're 500 or like competing for the NCAA tournament, are they going to let him go for to go coach at Syracuse or do they want to do everything that is in their power to keep him? And that's why I have him at three. Cause I feel like there's two options where Syracuse would be able to hire them with no problems ahead of them. Fair enough. So what was, who do you got at your, uh, number two? So two, I had Jerry McNamara. He played it, obviously played this. So he won a national championship, won the two big East championships. He joined the staff as a GA, went full-time in 2011, works with the guards and as a recruiter. He's worked with guys like Michael Carter-Williams, Tyler Ennis, Deion Waiters, Matthias Battle, Michael Benajay, and John Gillen. He's also, like, the guy, kind of, for the generation of, for a generation of Syracuse fans. My where, son. Yeah. So, I think he he's beloved by the university and the fan base in general. So, I think that would make it very likely that he's the next guy. He's young enough. He's still under 40 where he can still relate to these younger kids in a way that I don't think maybe even Hop can't or that a guy like Autry can't, even though I have Autry number one. I'm going to spoil that right now. Um, and I think for the recruiting thing, I think that's ridiculous because I just like listen to the names I just read off. I'm not saying he was res- solely responsible, but he's like, the, I think he's probably the top recruiter now with Hopkins yeah, being gone. I would give a nod to Autry, but I don't think GMAC is far behind. Like that, that trope of GMAC is not being able to close the deal. I think is just so tiresome. It's right. Just like, it, it, how do these people have any idea what goes on behind closed doors with recruiters? Even, even if it is still Autry as the number one recruiter, uh, it's like he and GMAC, I would assume, do the heavy lifting. And I, I think Jerry McNamara being. He got is, Dior. Is, he did I get Dior. Nothing came of it, but like top recruit Syracuse has had since Carmelo that did sign. So. He he did get he got him to commit, which I mean, it shows he he can get the big guys. So he's also kind of like the young up up and coming hot shot head coach that like after Danforth left Syracuse when Beheim was hired, like Beheim was the young upcoming hot shot coach. Left even for Tulane, by the way. Tulane. <laughs> How crazy is that? Like Tulane was considered a better job than SU. Times have changed. It's too too late in the American, think- right? I don't even know the green wave. <laughs> I JP think they're in the American uh, alma mater. JP Lawson, Bill's legend. <laughs> um, I'm saying coaching intern now, but anyway. Um, GMAC. Which, yeah, I was just gonna say with GMAC, like in my opinion, the best case scenario may be that like GMAC just absolutely kills it, and like you want to root for GMAC to be the next star of college basketball coaching. I just think right now he's a, a notch below Autry and Hop. So I think that's why I had him at three on my list, but I would love to have it to the point where he's number one and you're like, okay, we got our guy. We're right. set for years. This is this is who we want. He was he was I think put twenty third on ESPN's best coaches under forty. They did it before the season started this year. 
But again, like the lack of head coaching experience kind of concerns me. He's young. He hasn't like had full reins of a team and all that responsibility. So, yeah. and even Autry's the the associate right now. So he's right he's below that. But, but that's due to experience, not necessarily like what makes you the best head coach. Right. And the reason, like I said, the reason I put him above Hop is because I think there could be issues with Washington letting Hop go. So I kind of thought that's kind of what put him over the edge for that. Um, who did? You, but I do see the concern. But I do think if he's not the head coach, I think he either A, is the associate head coach of the new staff, or he goes somewhere else to be a head coach. Because I know he said, I think he said on Devendorf's podcast, he said like the goal is to be a head coach at some point, whether that's here or at a school like Canisius or Niagara or something like that. Did you, well, he, I think he could easily go one of those spots. Um, but is that something he said, or you're kind of implying? Because he said it on the podcast he did about, with Evendor. About the smaller school, though. Oh no, he just he said the goal is to be a head coach. I right. was just kind of saying and whether I think that's I would here be a or concerned if he didn't say that. If, right. If he didn't say that, then it's like why are, why are you in this? You know, right. Just to, just to maintain. So, yeah, I I could definitely see it, and I think he's a, a Syracuse lifer, and hopefully that's the case. So either continue on as associate or for the new head coach. But I would agree at that point when you're talking, what do we guess? Three, four, three, four years down the road. Like I think GMAC would be in a position to at least be the associate. So, but I think we have the last guy on our list is the same. So you're, you're number one, my number two, and that's red Autry, right? Yeah. Red Autry, Adrian Autry. He's the associate head coach. Now played at SU for four years. Again, that's the big factor to me. He still ranks sixth in steals and fifth in assists at SU. He was a McDonald's All-American himself. He's from New York City, so I think he'd have the he's he was an assistant in from in 2011 was promoted to associate coach in 2017. He started his his coaching or like administrative career at Virginia Tech in a way as director of basketball ops before becoming an assistant coach. He said he again like like uh, Jeremy McNamara. He said his ultimate goal is to become a head coach. Beheim trusts him the most. Seemingly, if he's the guy kind of right underneath him, he doesn't have like college head coaching experience, but he coaches high like AAU ball, that kind of thing. And he has a quote saying he wants to be a head coach sooner rather than later. And even Beheim has said he will and should be a head coach. And the reason I have him at number one, his age, his experience, and he's clearly trusted the most by Jim Beheim. If he's the assistant head coach, associate head coach right now, and Beheim has said he should be a head coach, that's why I have him at number one. Yeah, if you take the Hop element out of it, like, will he or won't he be available, all that stuff. Let's say Hop, Hop is off the table. I think Autry is clearly yes the number one choice. Because, like you said, he's been there. He's a SU alum. He's a highly rated recruit when he came out and has been uh, with Virginia Tech and the ACC before this. Like, he, he has a pretty good resume. And I'll say this, it just – this is not a factor at all, but it just feels natural. Like when you hear yeah. on ESPN, like the college basketball show who, who covers the whole nation or like a college basketball podcast. And they're like, Oh, Adrian Autry has been named the new coach at Syracuse. It fits. It's so, right. like, it just fits. Right. Like, yeah. it's almost like a, like a Kevin Ollie almost at UConn taking over for Calhoun or like, uh, 
Greg Gard taking over from from uh, Bo Ryan at Wisconsin. You're like, okay, it it just fits. I, I would say that Kevin that Kevin Ali uh, for Jim Calhoun thing didn't end the best way, but he did win a national championship. So uh, <laughs> with 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 Calhoun's kids, but I see I see your point. Um, I think it, it's, just it feels right. It does. You know? It feel, he's old enough where he he's like not Beheim old, but he's got the experience. He played at Syracuse. He himself was McDonald's All-American, which I think is kind of big. And he can recruit. He's clearly a good recruiter since he's been here. I, I mean, and I'm going to say this. If Hopkins wasn't at UW or if, they, if like he was still here, I'd probably put him number one. But it's just because of the I – I just don't know if Washington would let him leave or want him to leave if the opportunity came. That's why I put him where he did. Basically, so like, I would say if you told me today to put some money down, if I was a betting man, on the same odds across the board, what person do you think will be the next Syracuse basketball head coach? I'd put it on Adrian Autry. I, I think he's the most likely at this point in time. I agree, and I think it would be. I think it would be a decent. I think it would be a good move. He's clearly a good coach. He clearly cares about the program. He wants to be there. He wants the program to do well. And but yeah, do you, think, I, do you think SU fans would be happy with that? Are SU fans ever happy with anything? <laughs> um, some would. I would be. I think that was fine. A good hire. I, think I, I would be happy with it. It wouldn't be one of those things where I'm like, oh, let's go. We're set for for years down the road. Like if we were to if we were to poach another coach similar to like, not saying we're on par with Kansas, but like when Kansas got Bill Self when he was at Illinois, you're like, oh man, like we lost Roy, but this guy is a whole new energy and we're, we should be set. Like, I don't necessarily get that vibe with Autry, but I also feel like he has a higher floor. Like if we bring in a ringer from the outside, it could go great or it could go really poorly. Whereas like Autry, I feel like will come in and at least keep us at like a really respectable ACC team. Do you agree with that? I think that's fair. I do think he'd be, again, he'd be the Bayheim system. So it just it, it again it'll come down to X's and O's and in game adjustments. So, and I think it's part of it too is like it's unfair to Autry that we're used to him. Like let's say he stayed at Virginia Tech and was like the Virginia Tech head coach and doing well. Yeah, and we hired him. We'd be more excited than if he was promoted internally from SU just because he's yeah. It, it'd be the shiny new car, right? It's the fact Whereas, that he doesn't. He doesn't have any head coaching experience. I feel like that would turn people off. But if you're if you're Syracuse and if you're going to do what I think they're going to do, they're going to hire internally. So you may not get a guy who has head coaching experience, which isn't necessarily the bad a bad thing. I don't think Beheim had head coaching experience no. when he was hired. So Jim Beheim did not. So no, it's funny. I feel like inadvertently we're kind of being a little more negative than we should be due to to the guy who we think will probably be the next head coach, but. I think it's just like a, a holistic view, but I I would be happy with Autry. I think all those reasons you mentioned, the recruiting, the keeping it in the SU family, and just that natural fit. So I I would be happy with Adrian Autry as the next coach. Agreed. That's not um, to say I don't think they should explore every option and just do what's best, but I think Adrian Autry may be that best option. What do you think – the timeline is for all this to be a, re a real realistic conversation. Like is Beheim 
Buddy graduates in what two, three years now with the extra year. Everything gets kind of confusing. Yep. So he's he's got two years after this, right? With the extra year? No, he's a he's got three. No, he's got two years after this, I believe. So he's he's a junior right now, but he has two years of eligibility left, right? Are we yes. losing three, our mind? Season. Yep. Okay. So say Bayheim coaches until he is it Bayheim's coaching until Buddy graduates. Is he going after that? Um, yeah, he's a junior right now, so he's got two years of eligibility after this year. So that's that's my the big question is because this could all change in if Bayheim coaches another five years. Let me read you a quote from this article I found from 2013 discussing the next SU head coach. <laughs> Bleacher Report was doing their story about who should replace the big coaches. Oh, I read this article. <laughs> and they picked Mike Hopkins, who was the coach in waiting at the time. So, obvious, clear-cut favorite. This is the quote. Many believe Beheim 68, will retire soon. However, he has plans to go at least one more year. And was upset when CBSSports.com columnist Greg Doyle asked him about retirement after Syracuse's loss to Michigan at the Final Four. That was in 2013. They said, Graham's got at least a year left. That was eight years ago. Are you kidding me? (laughs) And there's no sign of him stepping away. Like, this article could very well be over 10 years old. And being like, yeah, Graham's got another year left. I'm sure there were articles written in, like, 2006. That were like, oh, Beheim's got another year left, Max, or two years. Like, like he's seventy six. He realistically could coach there. I, I think he's going to be here for five more years. I think that's, I think he's going to coach past Buddy because I know he hasn't like said exactly he's going to stop when Buddy retire. I keep saying retires, Jesus, when Buddy graduates. But I, I just don't see him doing that. Like, I feel like this is what he likes to do, and I feel like he'd just be bored sitting at home. Uh, yeah, I don't can't disagree with you there. Given his track record, like he's shown no sign of slowing down. Yeah, like I think ideally, Beheim would love to get the program to a place where he can compete for a national championship, maybe one more time before he goes out. Yeah, and also keep the cupboard pretty full for whoever's next. Like I think that's best case scenario. So you even see it with some of the recruiting, like the twenty twenty two and twenty three prospects going hard. Yeah. They're, for the they're 2022 class, the top guys, yeah, which we haven't seen in a while, and maybe that's due to the sanctions coming off and this, that, and the other. But I think maybe it's something where if they can make a serious run during Buddy's final season, maybe he goes out at that time, especially if there's some good guys that are like sophomores, maybe or juniors that you're like, okay, at least this new coach will have a year, and and make it the most desirable job possible. Yeah. But yeah, five years, I don't necessarily disagree with that. I could totally see it. I think that's, that's to me is like the floor when he goes out, I could see him coaching longer, honestly, but I could see that's right. You can't see it. You can't see it coming sooner. (laughs) Unless we win. I just don't like, I could honestly just me could be me being naive, but I, I feel like he could be like a Joe Paterno type guy who just is there forever. Do you ever like think the, he gets to the point where he's more of a figurehead? Because I don't. I don't think that's in his personality to be like, okay, I'm the head coach, but like Autry's really running the shit. No, no. I, I don't. 
I don't no. think Beheim would ever want that. That's he's, like he's, if he's in, he's in. He's the type. He's type A. It's it's my it's my team. It's my way. Let's go. I don't think he would ever like be a figurehead kind of let in Autry pull the sp- strings or GMAC pull yeah. the strings. No and way. Even when when Hop was the head coach during the nine games, he was like. Yeah, you can't blame Hop for going four and five. Like this is my team that he's coaching. It's not his team, right? Like, it's, so, I I think that'll be interesting because a lot of the tendency is to you know think of that like Joe Pa or, or Bill Snyder or whoever who's been there so long that you're like, okay, this guy runs the runs the show, but who's really calling the shots? I don't think that'll ever happen with Bayheim. Look, as long as he's healthy, I don't see a reason why Bayheim would want to stop. Honestly, like he's. Every question he's been asked about retirement ever is like he's he's just either gotten pissed or blown it off. Like I don't see I haven't seen any signs of him slowing down, and I honestly think if he stays healthy, I think he can coach another five years, if not more. Or I think he wants to coach another five years, if 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 not more. Whether or not Julie Bayheim wants him to coach five years or more is another question. But let me let me ask you this: How many years do you think Coach K will coach? Just, just Ooh, that's rapid a fire off question. the top of your head. That's a very good question. How old's K? He's got to be close to the same age, right? Well, so here's my thing. If you were to say Coach K will coach for like eight more seasons, no, I don't think that's pos- I don't think that's happening. You don't? No. How many years do you think he's got left? I, I know. That's that that's my whole point though is as I coach K is 73, Jim Beheim 76. Just because coach K has the the hair dye, you don't really see it as much. <laughs> but there's only a 3 year difference. So coach K yeah. coaching 8 more years, which is totally believable in my estimation, that's the same as same age as Beheim coaching 5 more. Like that, yeah, that's it's not, true. It's not out of the realm of possibility. I don't know. I feel like that's just I. <laughs> Who do you think retires first? K or Bayheim? Mm-hmm. I think K or I think Bayheim by a year or two. You think he's, he's going to step down in the next five years? Coach K? Yeah, I don't see it. No, depends I don't on know. his team's That's... record. Yeah, it, <laughs> I, I don't know. Honestly, it, it depends on where Duke is in five years. If Duke is still Duke then I could see him still coaching. But if Duke, like, is mediocre by Duke standards, where they're, like, a six seed in the NCAA tournament for the next five years or something like that, I could see him maybe, like, stepping aside. But... Fair. He's two years older than Roy, by the way. Roy might coach for a while. I think he's going to keep chugging along. Whether it's at North Carolina, I could see him maybe coaching somewhere else. But I don't think well, North Carolina is going to – well, they're not going to fire Roy Williams. But I could see Roy Williams like maybe if Kentucky has a job opening or if Kansas has a job opening, something like that going I don't back. I was coming open. But speaking of wild possibilities, why don't we go through our dream candidates? All right. I'll we'll start... probably won't hit on these ones as, as long, but it's still fun to, to talk about. So we each got five. So – yeah, I'll start first. So these can kind of be like either someone who like could be a fringe candidate or just like someone we absolutely want but has no shot of ever coming to coach here because of situation. So number five, I have uh, Providence head coach Ed Cooley. 
He's turned he turned Fairfield around in his first stop. He's turned Providence into a perennial Big East contender. He knows the Northeast. He's gotten them to the tournament five times, won a Big East championship. You got Chris Dunn from New London. He gets to come to Providence, so he can recruit this area. He can get good guys. And I think that would only be amplified if he came to the ACC. No, agreed. I think that's a, a good choice. I'm I'm surprised he wasn't in the regular candidates because I feel like he would probably go to SU. Uh, yeah, but I think he's kind of got it made at Providence. I think he's like, that's his, that's kind of like, he is Providence basketball, I think. Yep. So I think it would be kind of hard to see him leaving PC and going somewhere else, unless it's like a ridiculously good offer. Fair. Um, so here's the guy that was on my borderline. I just think it's it's too tough a uh, get, but I'm going with Chris Beard from Texas Tech. Oh, that's a good one. I should have put so, that on mine. He's he's one that's has no Syracuse connection, other than his philosophy seems very Beheim esque. Like he's all about defense, hustle. He recruits guys that are good four year college players. Um, spent ten years as an assistant to Bob Knight. Um, I, I think he's on the line between what we call dream candidate and realistic, and he may be the best. I say realistic option if we were to go outside. Would you agree with that? Like te- Syracuse, I think, is a step up in job versus from Texas, Texas Tech. Tech. Here's the problem. He signed a six-year extension in 2019, making him the third highest paid coach behind Coach Cal and Coach K. So I think the- financially it'd be tough. He's locked in for a while. But if you take that stuff off the table and you're just like, okay, who's a college coach that we would love to poach that our job would be a step up from? I think Beard is the choice. And I agree with that. And I also agree with thinking Syracuse is a step up from Tech job-wise. Even though, like, all credit in the world of Texas Tech, they've had some a, a ton of good success. And I think they're a good the team. National Championship. Yeah, well, the National Championship game. But yeah, he was like he was 15 seconds away and a missed three from winning a National Championship at Texas Tech. So With the banged-up center. Yeah. That was really good for him, Tariq Owens. So, yeah, I, I go with Beard. I think that, that would be a fun possibility. I agree. Uh, my next one... He's a little older, so this is kind of um, not maybe not a stretch. It just depends on how long Bayheim coaches for. John Beeline, former Michigan head coach, Ooh, and okay. most re- most recently Cavaliers head coach, coached in college from '92 to 2009 at Canisius, Richmond, West Virginia, and Michigan. Turned West Virginia around, got into two NCAA tournaments and won an NIT. Then, of course, we know all the success he had at Michigan. Went to the championship game twice. He got guys who were there for good, solid four-year guys who could compete. I think he won the Big Ten twice in a row in his last two years there. I, I think he's a he almost 600 wins as a college head coach. I think for a guy, he can recruit and he can win. He's a proven winner. He just he doesn't have the national championship, but he's shown he can make deep tournament runs and possibly get over the hump. So. The only is he's 67, so if they have coaches for their five years, we're going to hire a 72-year-old head coach. Right. But I think that would be a very good hire. No, I agree. I'm a, I'm a big Beeline fan, for sure. Um, I think it was a mistake for him to jump to the NBA. I think he should have stayed at Michigan. Yeah, I mean, as it's always personal. Like He probably never wanted to have that what-if. And I think he was going into a tough spot with Cleveland with some of the young players who mm-hmm. were – I don't want to say entitled, but didn't really know the way in the NBA. And, uh, but yeah, I think he's, he's better suited for the college game. Uh, no doubt. My next choice is when you talk about dream candidates, 
this would never happen. But wouldn't it be great if a guy over in the Pacific Northwest came over to, to Central New York? Oh, I know. Mark Few. He's Mark on my Few list. is very close with Jim Beheim, for those who don't know. Um, this is from the D.O. story about five years ago from uh, Matt Schneidman. They met. Beheim and Few met about 20 years ago at a Nike coaches retreat and have been really close ever since. Um, they go uh, back to their involvement with USA basketball, fishing trips and charity foundations, um, integral part of each other's lives, both on and off the court. Few said, quote, he's a really, really good friend and he's a mentor. He's meant a lot to my career. If you think of all the icons and kind of the legends in our game currently, think about how Coach Beheim has stayed at Syracuse the whole time. And that last line is like, okay, if he admires that, he's probably staying at Gonzaga. Why would he ever leave Gonzaga? Uh, but I think it almost hurts. There would be a slight chance of few coming if Gonzaga wasn't as good as they are. <laughs> so he, Gonzaga right now is a better program than Syracuse. Like in the year 2020. That's not a hot take either. That's just true. No, it's it's just true. Like it's them. It's probably them versus the field this year. Yeah. Like, man. If if Mark Few can do that at the res- with the resources of Gonzaga, imagine what he could do at a school like SU. One can only dream. So I have Mark Few on my list, but I have him as number one. He would be the guy who. Oh, like, I'm, I'm just going random order. I'm not doing a list. Oh, but, oh, I did top five. So I had Mark Few at number one if as my dream candidate okay. because he's been at Gonzaga since '99. He's been to the tournament every year. He's had. The fi- he went to the final four that year. He's had Gonzaga ranked number one many multiple times. They've been one. They've been top four seeds a ton. He gets the recruit. He gets the recruits to go play in the West Coast Conference. Imagine him getting the recruits to come play in the ACC. Like I, I it's, it's like look at the team this year. You, you don't think he'd They're have stacked. trouble They're trouble getting stacked. Like th- that team's gonna roll. I, like they're beating. They're not just beating up on like. I was listening to Titus and Tate yesterday, and they were talking about how, like, people are like, oh, Gonzaga always does this. Beginning. Like, no, they don't. They don't beat the shit out of top five teams multiple times in the beginning of a year. Like, they're beating teams that are ranked – like, they beat Iowa. Well, they were up 20-plus on Iowa. They blew out Virginia. Like, they're beating – just demol- – I would have loved to see them play Baylor. Demolishing really good teams. And I, I think – you he- talk about big men that Syracuse has been missing in the past – you think of Rui Hachimura, Zach Collins, Shemek Karnowski, Corey, Love or Karnowski. Drew Timmy right now. Love Karnowski. Um, Demonis Sabonis, uh, yeah, uh, getting mixed up with his dad. But, like, they have been loaded at the big man position for years now. So, I think that would be so much fun. He's my – I love Mark Few. I hope Gonzaga wins the national championship this year. I, I think they're going to. Um, I know they're supposed to play – they're trying to still reschedule Baylor – I don't know if that's actually going to happen based on where we are in the season right now, but I think I, I thought Iowa could beat them and look what they did to them. I, I just, if, if they get through the rest of their non-conference schedule this year, this Gonzaga team, I don't think they're going to get beat in the West coast. BYU might give them a game because BYU is not terrible, but I, I come on they're Who's going to beat? who's, who's better than Gonzaga? Nobody, nobody. Oh, buddy. Who's your next one? So my next one would be, you know him, you love him, the big, the big teddy bear at West Virginia, Mr. Bob Huggins. Oh, I feel like we've said that phrase like five times today. You know him, you love him, but Huggy <laughs> Bear, interesting. 
I, I, I love Bob. I hadn't considered, but it makes sense. I love Bob Huggins. I think he's a great coach. He's got over 850, almost close to 900 wins. He's been to the Final Four twice. Won the, he's won a conference tournament nine times, five all consensus All-Americans. If you can get – like, what's West Virginia? They're ranked, what, ninth right now, eighth right now, something like that? He can get guys to come play in Morgantown, West Virginia. He can get he can recruit guys to come play in Syracuse, New York. And he, he plays the really tough, trap defense. I know it won't, wouldn't be zone, but I don't care. I think Bob Huggins is a great coach, and I think most people in America think Bob Huggins is a great coach, and I think he would do fantastic things for Syracuse basketball. Yeah, he's more in his element now that the coaches aren't wearing suits, so he feels it feels more <laughs> natural for him. But, I love that but that's too. A good one. It's like he's he's been in the Northeast between uh, like Cincinnati, I guess if you consider it Northeast, but like East Coast, similar cities, I guess, <laughs> like Cincinnati, Morgantown, Syracuse, mm-hmm. and he's had success. So no, I I think that's a a good option. Um, I don't see it happening, but. None of these guys I see happening, so it's no. it's, a, <laughs> it's a fun one to consider for sure. Uh, I'm gonna go way outside the box here. Um, so this article is courtesy of our friend from the Denver Nuggets, our good friend Eric Sparopoulos, who's a writer over there. How about current Nuggets head coach Mike Malone? And it's not okay. as crazy as it sounds. Hear me out. So this was an article about his upbringing and the impact that his father, who was also a coach, Brendan Malone, had on him. And it says, quote, it was during those years that Brendan served as a Syracuse assistant that continued to expose Michael to the game of basketball. When he moved into college at Syracuse University with Jim Beheim, if my father was recruiting in the city, I was along with him in the gym, Malone said. I remember seeing Kenny Smith, Mark Jackson, Pearl Washington, and all these amazing players by going to all of his games. I loved it. And it was all I knew, being in the gym and being with my father. Shortly after wrapping up his time in Syracuse, Brendan transitioned to coaching in the NBA, became an assistant for the Knicks in 1986. Denver's head coach credits those young years of watching and following his father to truly understanding the value of a coach. I don't think this will happen. I think he's got it made in Denver. It's a great spot for him. He's an incredible coach. I don't think he would ever even come back to college. But Mike Malone's a small Syracuse connection there, and I, I'm sure him and him and Beheim still touch base every so often. So, not out of the realm of possibility. That's an interesting one. You you went more NBA. You had two NBA guys. I have I have a guy next. My last one has an NBA connection. That's it. I didn't see. I don't watch the NBA. I didn't even know that. <laughs> there, I have a couple. I have a, a few more NBA connections too. Okay. All right. Well, my last one, he's in the NBA now. He played against Syracuse in the 1987 Final Four for Providence. Oh, he, I, he's on my list too. He won two national championships at Florida, two final, two more Final Fours after that, four total four. He didn't see a tournaments, five SEC championships, one SEC Coach of the Year five, three times, uh, over a 70% win percentage. He had some decent success with the Oklahoma Thun- City Thunder. Now with the Chicago Bulls, Billy Donovan. I thought he was a great coach when he was at Florida. I think if he decided ever decided to come back to college, but like I think he'd have tremendous success coaching because he could see like, hey, look who I coached in the NBA. Look who I coached at Florida and won with. I think he'd be an excellent recruiter. You but put together those teams that were crazy talented: Joe Kim, Noah, Al Horford, Corey Brewer, mm-hmm. Maurice Spates, back-to-back Natties. Yep. 
he he's incredible. Uh, CBS Sports actually had him on their list from 2018 as replacements for Beheim. As they really? Five. Yeah, they said why it could be him. He's originally from New York, uh, albeit he grew up on Long Island. Um, he's done okay for himself in the pros, but the reality is, if he felt a fullback in college basketball on a, almost any program would take him. Um, he's listed last year because the timing would have to be just right. He'd have to leave OKC either the same year or the year before Beheim retired. If that happened and he wanted to give college a go again, Syracuse would almost certainly try to land him. Uh, if he, if the scenario played out, there wouldn't be a candidate who would who could compete with Donovan's credentials. I agree with all that, but like, what are the odds? Let, let's start here. He left OKC and many thought he should be retained at OKC. He was swooped up by the Bulls pretty darn fast and that's one of the most iconic franchises out there say what you want about the recent history yeah they got to coach basketball at all but maybe 10 organizations in the entire world if he wanted to right like, you talk about like duke right now or like the spurs with pop like there's a, there's certain programs that are set but pretty much the, billy donovan could have his pick wherever he wanted to coach basketball in the entire world no, and that's I think that's absolutely true, and that's why I put him on my list, and it's also why he's in the dream one because I don't think he's going to leave the Bulls to come coach at Syracuse. Um, he's got a young team in Chicago. He's going to look to it's it's going to be his team. He's going to mold it the way he wants to. Why would he leave the Bulls to come coach college game? Where he's got to recruit and do word about the NCAA stuff. I wouldn't, to be totally honest, but that's why it's it's a fun list. It's a fun conversation. So is I got I think one more. Do you have any? more is that it for you that's that's my five you got one more cool because i think we had a couple of the same ones but my last one here i'm going to the nba again i'm going to the mecca the new york knicks coach tibbs tom Thibodeau. okay so he coached with jim behind they got close with team usa while they were both assistant coaches on the staff and behind was talking about tibbs with sny tv i believe one of the knicks outlets and he said, I think he's a great coach. I really do. I've been a lot of, around a lot of great coaches, the Olympics, all the college teams I've coached over the years. And he's as well prepared and as good a coach as anybody. And I think the Knicks are lucky to have him. And then he went on to say he's been a lot, a, around a lot of really great teams. And he's a basketball professional who understands what coaching is. X's and O's and knowing the personnel as well. You can't just know one or the other. You've got to know everything in terms of your personnel, their attitude, their mental state, and obviously you've got to know the X's and O's. And he knows both sides of that coin. I think the Knicks made a really good hire, a really good hire. Those are strong words of praise. And I think I'm a Knicks fan, so I hope he works out in New York. It's been a really promising start these first four games. Beat the Bucks. Let's they go. They did. They did. <laughs> but – he was he went from Chicago to Minnesota to New York. Each of those times, I believe he had a season in between where he was he was out of the league, maybe just between the Timberwolves and Knicks, but he was on ESPN doing commentary and such. If there's a world where this doesn't work out in New York and he's on the market, do you think it's worth the call? I mean, the, the guy, he doesn't really have too much college experience. So he was an assistant at Harvard from 85 to 89 and then has been in the NBA since 1989. Like, it depends. The guy, the guy flat out knows basketball. He's a good coach. I, I weirdly feel like his mindset is more college than NBA. Like, he, he's been 
criticized for running players too hard and like they have a a long season and in Bayheim has famously been like oh they're they're 19 year olds they don't get tired like we can we can play in 40 minutes if we want and I feel like Tibbs is kind of the same way like he's hard nosed we're gonna play defense we're gonna play the best players as much as they can go I feel like that's more of a college mindset I don't know again very long odds this happens but I I don't know it, it seems like more of a fit than you make other names. You make logical arguments, and I think they make sense. It's just again, it's is if it doesn't work out in New York, are it, Syracuse fan? Well, I mean, I don't think it matters what Syracuse fans think. Is Syracuse going to want to reach out to a guy who was just fired from an NBA team who doesn't have any college head coaching experience or like very little recruiting? So, I, I think the Syracuse connection makes sense, and I think Thibodeau does know basketball. It's the the one hangup I would have is the lack of like recruiting experience. Which I mean, he's coaching the NBA. I'm sure he'd be able to recruit, but yeah, that would just be the one thing. Jimmy Butler, yeah. Look at like now, Obi Toppin, Kevin Knox, Mr. Robinson, all these guys. Um, Ain't no stopping Obi Toppin. Yeah. Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, the, the names are endless, and those aren't guys he recruited. Those are guys he inherited, I guess, <laughs> from the right. GM. But I think it'd be an easy sell for for recruits. But. Again, none of these will probably happen, but a, a very fun exercise. And how many – do you have any honorable mentions, by the way? Um, I, I didn't do any – of, of either list. I didn't do any honorable mentions. I do have um, – I just did those 10, the legit okay. ones, I think, and the uh, dream ones. So I got, I got two more names to throw out there that, again, probably won't be in the consideration for either list, but fun – considerations uh rob murphy over at eastern michigan Mm -hmm. su fans will remember remember his famous shut it down rap when he was an assistant at su uh he's done a pretty good job over at emu but not the kind of crazy good results that have been Mm -hmm. like if he if he was crushing in and winning titles conference titles every year maybe you you throw him on the top five list but i just don't see it and then how about this name bad mata Huh. He's been out of coaching for a while. And uh, our one of our favorite commentators, Mark Titus, has said he was never going to consider anything until his buyout ended with Ohio he was, State. And that it just recently ended. Like the he, was rumored, he was ru- rumored to co- be in the running for Wichita State but after Greg Marshall like, got why fired. Why would Bad want that job? No offense to Michigan State. Because I feel like he could do better. Like he could easily get a Power 5 job. No, that one I didn't think. I didn't think of Thad Mata because he's not coaching right now. But no, I think that that wouldn't be. I wouldn't be upset if they hired Thad Mata. I think that's a good idea. What about? Uh, it's the issue is how long he's been out of coaching and that kind of thing. But um, what about uh, Hurley, Danny Hurley, not Danny or Bobby? Danny, not Bobby. You think SU would poach somebody from UConn? Why wouldn't they? <laughs> Well, because I think he's a good coach. I think he's he built Wagner up into a, a conference champion from Wagner being winless. He turned Rhode Island into a top 25 team, and UConn's back to being an NCAA tournament contender, if not a top 25 contender. I, I kind of feel coach. like— I just don't see the fit. I just—remember that the one game he was going crazy when UConn beat Syracuse in the Garden, and then he, like, got all formal for the handshake with <laughs> That UConn. was funny. Like, that, that was <laughs> That's a funny clip. Out of existence, but— Yeah, no, I— if he was still at Rhode Island and maybe went to like a 
Big 12 school, I could see it. I would just – it just wouldn't sit right with me that we would get somebody straight from UConn. I know the rivalry is kind of dead and all that. I don't know. I just – just feel weird. I almost put him on my dream list just because I know he's a good coach and he's had success wherever he's gone. But I do, I do get that. I, I Honestly, I think if Syracuse did want him, I think they would go after him. But I just, you're right. I, I also don't know if he'd leave, leave the Big East to come coach. Because I think the Big East is basically the sixth power conference in college basketball. And I don't think that's a hot take. So, and he, 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 this is me being picky, but I would even like to see more out of him at UConn. No, that's fair. So, Whew, I think we covered about every single name in the history of college basketball coaching. <laughs> Notice how John Calipari was not one of our names that we mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Uh, but, yeah, that's our that's our list. If you have any uh, other suggestions or leave them in the comments on Twitter, post them in your reviews, whatever you got, we'd be curious to hear them. So, hopefully, if, if there's ever a gap where the program gets shut down again, God, I hope not. Well, we have some other stuff we want. We'll talk about something like this. Um, but quick Florida State preview, Keith. How, you want to do that? Let's do it. All right. So Florida State is our next game on. Oh, shoot. I didn't write the date down. <laughs> uh, next game on the 6th. So Syracuse would have about five days of practice under their belt going into the Florida State game at home. FSU is currently ranked number 18, but they're going to drop. They just lost last night to Clemson. To Their record's now 5-2. and two. Wins over North Florida, Indiana by 2, Florida by 12, Georgia Tech by 13, and Gardner-Webb by 13. Losses include UCF by 12 and last night to Clemson. Syracuse leads the all-time series 7-5. to five. Last meeting was last this year in February. 80-77 uh, loss that kind of torpedoed SU's and NCAA tournament hopes late last year. Leonard Hamilton, the Aegis Wonder head coach, he's been there for 18 years, and they are technically the defending ACC champs. Um, it's not the team you want to face right out of a two-week break, but they've been. Florida State hasn't looked like the team of last year. Clearly, they've had lo- they have had losses. They're led by in scoring by MJ Walker. Uh, Scotty Barnes shoots almost 50 percent from three. I, I just. He's a really good freshman, but they they lost some guys to the NBA this year, and it's it's been kind of a learning curve. It's one of those teams where you're like, okay, by the time March rolls around, they'll probably be really, really good. But are we catching them at the right time in the season? Probably, but also we're just if coming we, up quarantine. So. If, if we had been playing for the last two weeks, I would say yes. But the, since the fact that we're coming off two weeks of nothing, I'm going to say no. Especially so. the way we were, we were playing um, – you know, factors in there too, but yeah, like I said, it's it's tough with the quarantine to face any ranked team coming out of that. No, for sure. And that game's time got moved up to four thirty from I think it was seven. So they're gonna it's on ACC Network. They're playing it early. I it's, we just I don't even know what to p- throw out for a prediction because I don't know how Syracuse is gonna look coming out of the break. It, I. I don't know if I think the defense is probably going to be sluggish again. I don't know how much of a hate the shooting is going to take. I don't know. I'm just going to have to see it. So agreed. All right. So I don't think we'll, we won't do a prediction right now. We'll do it day of. I'll tweet it out. But um, Florida State is next January 6th. Let's hope that gets here soon. 
No update on the women's basketball team when they're going to play again. We'll keep you guys updated on that as well. No new five-star questions. If you want to leave us a five-star question, leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, with a question, we'll answer it in the next podcast. Uh, there's nothing going on else in Syracuse sports this week. Again, no Olympic sports, no basketball. So let's jump to the SyracuseFan.com comment of the week. This was in a thread about the postponements. Someone commented saying that, I saw from the CBS website that the weight game is still on his schedule tomorrow. Is that actually true? Somebody commented, actually, it's today, right now, in fact. <laughs> Next guy, Buddy's already played 50 minutes. It's not even halftime yet. Then the guy comments, does anyone else have a stream? <laughs> At Brent Apps, what channel is the game? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so. That would that would be actually a, a really funny move if somebody, like, tweeted Brent Axe whenever Syracuse was supposed to play during this quarantine and been like, Brent, what channel is the game on? I'm I looking for it all over on the TV guide. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, no, that's that's uh that's about it. It's not much news. I hope you enjoyed our uh discussion on the next Syracuse coach. Keith, do you have anything else? Nope, I think you pretty much covered it. Just remember, don't take whatever we said too seriously because we both agree it'll be probably one of those three guys Hop, Autry, or GMAC. Yeah, that's yes, I agree. So, in closing, five star questions leave us a five star review on iTunes with a question and a review. We'll answer it in the next podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at MarshallSTPod44. Don't forget to subscribe, like, retweet, and share with your friends. And for Keith, I'm Jake. Go Orange. Go Orange.